right, so Marvin Walker, Run Free Technology Incorporated at Run Free Technology Ghana Limited. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have a real pioneer. I do mean that. They're going to write about him like they write about Davy Crockett and all the other pioneers you were forced to read about when you were in school. Uh, Chief, I'm going to say if he doesn't have it already, Chief Marvin Walker, and what he has done coming from North Charlotte to Ghana, what he's building for Dayrunner app in the medical services and in the resort thing. I'm just going to tell you, they say, give the flowers now. I'm just proud. And I just met the brother of what he's done because it's verifiable. He's not one of those people you're going to see on YouTube uh, asking for money. And please, I'm here in the God and please help me out. And I don't, I ran out of money. No, he's properly planned. So chief Marvin Walker, welcome to the show. How are you doing, brother? Oh man, brother Kellen, I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. How are you? Man, blessed by the best, can't complain, but it's all about you. I can't complain because I'm talking to someone like you who is a doer, who, you know, unlike many people who might be, hey, look at me, look at me. You look like you've just done the work and it's beautiful. Wherever you want to start on how you got to Ghana and how you got and took your business to Ghana and are able to run it in two different countries. Give us the game, man. Um, you you don't have to go slow because I'm already like, wow, like, yeah, I love it. Well, you know, it's a, it's a matter of circumstances that brought me to Ghana. I actually was I had launched my day runner platform in the U.S. I had, uh, you know, worked in a courier industry for many years. And I ended up, you know, getting frustrated with not being compensated properly. So I sold my house, emptied out my retirement account, and I built my first uh, platform, which was Day Runner. You mentioned it earlier. Um, and, you know, I signed several contracts with companies like um, Amazon, with uh, companies like Pace Runner doing subcontract work, transporting packages. You know, they had me purchase a, a, a warehouse, 50,000 square foot warehouse promised all of these contracts and you know unfortunately being a black man starting a business you know people look at you and they doubt that you could do what you're capable of doing so unfortunately i shared too much information with the contractors i was bringing on and some of them used to call amazon direct and be like yo is that guy marvin walking day runner do they really have a contract with you before i pay this twelve thousand five hundred subscription fee and you know six months later Amazon kept dragging me along, dragging me along, and they launched an exact replica copy of my, you know, uh, day runner independent contractor model that they now call the uh, DDS program in the U.S. And, you know, my operations manager, I was depressed. I lost a lot of money. I had people who uh, subscribed to their membership asking for refunds. Uh, fortunately, I was able to reimburse about 98% of them. But the few that weren't reimbursed, you know, they got on the Internet, was coming to my place of uh, business, my home, threatening to kill me. And, you know, my operations manager was like, yo, Marvin, like, listen, man, stop with this whining. Get up off your ass. This is a sign. You need to go to Ghana. 
And I was like, what? Man, I ain't never been after. I'm not going after. I don't know nobody in Africa. And he was like, dude, I'm telling you, I go out there for these business seminars. I've been doing business out there. You need to go to Ghana and give it a shot. And I say, yo, my man, I'm telling you, I'm not going to Ghana. I'm not going to Africa. I don't know nobody in Africa. I never had no desires to go to Africa. And, you know, I was laying around depressed, trying to figure out how I was going to rebound, tried so many things that didn't work. But opportunities kept coming from Ghana. He kept connecting with people and saying, look, I got this guy. He got these platforms and it's right for you guys. So he linked me with a, a lawyer here in Ghana and um, I connected and I flew out. And, you know, I had a great support system. Uh, one of my contractors who actually went into Amazon and was doing the work before they copied my platform. She said, look, man, I'm paying for you to go to Africa. You need to go and get this done so that we could bounce back. And she paid, man. And I came to Africa and I got off the plane at Katoka International Airport. And I saw high rise buildings. I saw a airplane, you know, like a 747 that was actually converted into a restaurant. And in my wildest dreams, I never thought Africa looked like Charlotte or Los Angeles or any of these things. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going there. You're going to see the Shaka Zulu, Kente Cloth. And, but I was totally wrong. And I, it hit me. Yo, we've been lied to. And that's how I got to God. And I started meeting and connecting with uh, business owners, with the lawyer that could benefit from uh, my services. And they could utilize my transportation platforms. They run it. And, you know, he took me and I, I sat with CEOs that look like me, walk like me, talk like me. And they were melanated people running big businesses and to be able to sit down and demonstrate my platform, how it works. I ended up leaving my first trip, uh, September of, no, I'm sorry. Yes. October of 2018. I left with three contracts with major organizations in Ghana. I flew back to the U S um, in November, came back in December to sign, um, the final contract. And then February 18th of 2019, I was in Ghana living permanently, you know, deploying my platforms. And that's how I got here, brother. Man, what what a story. And I can't I mean, the way you describe that, I, I always ask people like, hey, when's your book coming out? But yours is a movie. Um, It's book to movie. So we, we can we can talk about that that after, you know, I don't want to rush it because I know there's so much more to do. But we at least get the, the starting plans and say, hey, Marvin, you got to be at this conference in Miami, you know, um, after this covid nonsense, um, you know, leaves and they start doing stuff in person. But to do what you did. Can you tell the people, because it sounds like, you know, you got jerked um, and most of us love Amazon because it's made our life so convenient. But now that we know there's competition and, you know, somebody who can do the things Amazon doesn't necessarily focus on always. I mean, you're doing auto parts and, you know, medical supplies and all that. What type of money did you have, you know, range? I don't want you to give, you know, the exact, but yeah. to say, I'm going to start doing business in Ghana. Cause a lot of people say, oh yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. But they always think it's going to cost them millions of dollars. And I tell people it's not going to cost you that, but I want you to tell your story. So I'm not the only one saying you don't got to have millions. You know, I came yeah. very light to Africa on my first trip. Uh, so uh, let them know, you know, and what that money you know, what it did for you that it could have never done for you here in the States? Yeah, well, that, that's a very good question uh, to ask, to let people understand that it doesn't cost much 
to relocate, you know, to the motherland. But when I came here, I actually didn't come with much money. But what I did come with, I raised some money for the organization that I signed a contract with. And when I raised that money, they were supposed to convey some asset as collateral for the funding they were to receive. And out of that, I was going to get a 5% commission for the money that I raised them to build a specialist hospital. Um, so when I came here, unfortunately, things didn't work out with that organization. But what they did end up doing was they paid me a total of $107,000 for raising the money. And even though they couldn't move forward with it, that's what they gave me. And with that money, I parlayed it into other opportunities. At that point, I said, okay, it didn't work out with them, but I was loving the culture. See, I was born in Guyana in South America. So I migrated to the U.S. when I was five years old with my mom and my dad and my siblings. So when I came to Ghana, there was so many things that were nostalgic and reminiscent of the culture in my country. And so when I got off the plane the first day, one of the things I saw was somebody out in the street selling plantain chips. And I remember when I was young, I used to make that with my dad and my grandmother. And we would go out and sell it in the street. So seeing this, it was like a a heartstring jerker for me because it took me back to my childhood and, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit that we had, I'm seeing that here in, in Africa. And then the sugar cane and, and being able to buy it and, and eat it like I did as a child, that's what did it for me. But didn't have much money. And unfortunately, when that deal didn't work out, the capital that they gave me positioned me to, you know, use that seed money to roll out the business that I have now. And that's how that happened. And, and you guys, you know, he got has the hustle of the immigrant and then the immigrants uh, it, it migrates again. And, and that's good. But you what you have to know about Marvin, too, is he has the hustle of a Marine. He's Marine right. tough, you know, so there's really nothing he can't do. I, I'd like you to try to stop him and step in front of him. Watch how, how you get, you know, you get um, removed. Um, but how did the Marines and then the truck driving, which I still hold my CDL to this day and tell every young man, go get your CDL, you know, um, just as a backup. Like, you know, many people get nursing degrees and, and things or, you know, CNAs or even nursing degrees as a backup. How did the Marines and then truck driving like shape you to get you you here? Well, you know, the Marines was one of the best things that happened to me because it gave me a lot of discipline, but it also taught me stick to itness, right? Like things are never going to be easy. And the Marines taught me always to adapt and overcome, right? If you can't go over, go under. If you can't go left, go right. So I really, really loved that about the Marine Corps. Now, when I got into logistics after I got out the music industry and I was driving, doing courier work, you know, what that gave me was the endurance to, you know, stay up long hours. Right. So not only can I now I stick through anything, but I could stay up long hours just like I did in the Marine Corps. Um, but it was learning how the logistics business ran. Right. And how to move things efficiently from point A to point B. And, you know, I just integrated those things. And like I said, you know, created my own platform and I wanted to position drivers to be empowered and not be, you know, separated and being taken advantage of the companies who held the contracts. But those was the foundations, the Marine Corps and working in the trucking space that got me here. And another beautiful thing about driving, I had my CDL too, you know, I prefer to drive Sprinter vans, you know, because they're a little bit like, you know, a car and you can move around. But 
when I would drive, you know, doing my courier work and the deliveries, I was always listening to audio books, right? I called it learning while I'm earning. So I would listen to books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Four Hour Work Week, The Millionaire Mind by Thomas Stanley and William Danko, right? Learning out how millionaires not only made their money, but how they kept it. And then how to add value, right? And help many people with their problems and take a little bit because that's how you become wealthy and you become successful, right? Is you find the biggest problem you can and you solve that for as many people as you can. And when all those people are paying you a little bit, that's how you become you know, successful and financially free. And driving all those hours, listening to audio books while I'm doing my deliveries, you know, it gave me the insight, the financial wisdom that I needed on how to you know, not only raise capital, but how to deploy capital and, you know, turn $1 into 10 and then 10 into 100 and 100 into 1,000. So uh, that's what the Marines and the the, um, driving did for me. Drivers can be some of the smartest people if they take the time and turn off the the nonsense, you know, turn off the music and put on the audio book because I, I, it was the same thing, whether I was in the oil field or running dirt, you know, boom, boom, boom. It was OK. I learned that. I learned that. And you're like and you see so much as a driver on the road. So I, I just love love that. That might that might be part of a, that might be a, That's going to be a chapter, but that might be a whole book in itself. Like you guys don't have you went from driving to owning the delivery company tell me that's that's not a hollywood story if that's not yeah i had to right so i was working for this guy i was subcontracting for this company called action logistics transporting blood for the american red cross driving from baltimore to charlotte every day right and then I ended up hiring many other contractors. And then I started buying them vehicles and putting them in position because somebody did it for me. So I wanted to repay the universe for what the universe did for me. So I started putting people in position like that. And because these providers was grateful, they were doing the best job that they can. So if they ran out of money, I would loan them money and well, advance them, right? And then take an interest off of it for keeping them working. And I realized that when you're the courier driver or the truck driver, right? And you break down, you don't have no support. So our model with day runner was independent support. And we supported you because that's how I got my best results. Well, the guy, the owner of that company, Robert Reed ended up coming to me one day and said, yo, Marvin, I never met anybody like you, you know, like you're running this operation officially. And I got a call from the American Red Cross and they paid me a compliment. And he said, you know, seldom do they do that. When you messing up, the, the client always calls you and tell you messing up. But this day they called me and paid me a compliment and it's because of you. So I want to ask you, if I, if I gave you an extra five, uh, $50,000, will you come work for me? And I said, what? No, I'm doing about $500,000 right now. Why would I come work for you for 50 grand? He was like, no, 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 no. I mean, I'll let you keep your contracts, but I'm also going to give you an additional 50,000 to come work and do what you're doing with your providers inside the company. So he gave me an opportunity not only to be an entrepreneur, but also to be an intrapreneur and learn the business from inside. So I said, of course, I'll do that. So he said, Marvin, the American Red Cross just gave us the whole contract for Atlanta, Douglas, Georgia, because your providers, they're delivering these packages on time. and We have the best delivery times. I go down to Georgia. I set up this company for him, hire over 300 drivers. He promised me 8% profit sharing, promised me all these wonderful things. And this is on me. I neglected to get the contract from him, right? But he said, yes, I'll give you a contract. 
you know, just let us get it up and running. You know, we got to be up and running within this time frame. So let's knock that out. And I trusted him because I've been driving for him now for like two, three years. Well, once I got that, you know, market up and running, 30 days, I'm in the meetings. We're finding out, we're seeing all the spreadsheets, how we're doing. 60 days, I'm being involved in less meetings. 90 days, my position is being given to somebody else. And he said, yo, I need you to go back to Charlotte now and keep doing what you was doing. And I was like, yo, did this dude just play me? Now, I was in a position, do I sue him? Because we still had a verbal contract, right? But if I kicked the dust over there, he was going to take away my 500000 worth of opportunities I had. So I said, all right, I'm not going to do that. So I went back, but I had given my routes to somebody. So now I had to figure out some things to do. Well, in the process of working for him all those years, I ended up buying a home on a golf course in a part of Virginia that he knew. And you know how white people can be nosy sometimes. I'm just going to keep it 100 with you. You know, when you add people to your, 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 your cell phone, now when you're on Facebook, they pop up in your Facebook, as you know, and vice versa was happening here. So he went on my Facebook page and he saw that I had this house on a golf course. So when I get a call like, hey, Marvin, I didn't know you had a house on a golf course. Now, he has a house on a golf course, too, but his golf course is up and running. Mine was a shutdown golf course, but it was still nice. And I think the envy in his heart just made him say, nah, 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 nah. He's making too much money. And he started pulling the routes that I was making at 500000 with one by one from me. Every week, he was taking another route. And I couldn't find replacement routes fast enough. So I said, you know what? He took the first two routes. I said, he wants me to beg. I said, nah, I'm not going to beg. He took the third route. And I said, yo, Marvin, you got to do something because... I bought these trucks for these guys on my credit. So my credit is at risk of going bad now because I don't have no work replacing what he took. So I, that was what made me decide to sell my um, home and then build a platform that would allow me to do what I was doing with those 20 providers that I had now on a scalable solution. And that's how I ended up going from driving to owning the company. Man, what a beautiful story. And Charlotte, what a beautiful city. One of the most beautiful, underrated, black cities. Whether you go to a Hornets game or you go around the corner down the street to the comedy club, you know, you got good food everywhere. But then you, there's other places and you prove that and you go to Ghana. Can you tell the people, especially those who've never been outside, maybe even of their own city, their own state, when you got to Ghana, and how it's been, because I, you know, I'm gonna put that picture of you on the beach that you had sent. Uh, I'm gonna put uh, that. That's <laughs> that's that's goals for for many people, right? Um, what's the vibe? What's the feeling? Have you been told go home? Um, you know, you you don't speak tree. Uh, you know, like like people will do in America if you don't speak, you know, the Queen's English. Or, yeah, exactly. No, you know, Ghanaians are some of the most welcoming, warm, loving, supporting people, right? Like they want to learn your culture. Like, you know, the Western culture, gotta understand, people are inundated with what we do, right? So they're seated on TV. So when you're here, you know, they're like, welcome, my brother. How are you? And they're, you know, they're sharing, you know, their culture with you. You know, the first time I came here, one of them was eating and they said, you're welcome. And I said, Welcome for what? No, they said, no, you're welcome to have some of my food. And I was like, yeah, you're going to share your meal with me? And he's like, yeah, you're welcome. Come join in. And I've never met a more um, 
kind, considerate, nurturing people. And so never been told, go home. But what I was told when I lived in America is that Africans don't like African-Americans. That I was told. But when, you know, I came here, I experienced something totally opposite from what I was told. The things that was in my mind that kept me from not even wanting to come to Africa and see it. So now nah, the people are not like that. Nobody ever asked me to leave. You know, they want to learn from you. They, they're asking questions. Right. And more than anything, they're very helpful. God is one of is the most peaceful country on the continent. You know, so it's a desirable place. And I have to do this. I have to say this. It, it, it may sound um, just because I got to dig deeper for the folks who try to put a wedge into things. And somebody might say, well, that's because he was born in a whole nother country. So they accepted him because he knew he he has a cultural tie. Unlike and I'm like. Look at the brother's history, hear the brother's story. That's your story, whether you're from Brooklyn or you're from L.A. But do you think that, you know, being from Guyana helped you at all assimilate? Because most Americans don't even know what sugar cane is. If you put it out there, they'd be like, wait, I don't see the box. What do you mean sugar cane? I don't I don't see it. <laughs> um, is being from Guyana, did it help me out? I don't think with the people here, it helped me out. For me, it did. Because I was familiar with the foods, the culture, right? It was really reminiscent of Guyanese culture. But I speak, you won't know I'm Guyanese unless I'm talking to one of my Guyanese family members. And I say, oh, welcome to you, Marvin, where you being? And then I start talking in GT language, right? So when I came here, I'm speaking in the Queen's language. So they, they look at me like, yo, I can tell he's from New York. I can tell he's from America. They didn't hear my Guyanese language, but that had nothing to do with it. They are just a warm, welcoming people. And Africa is not what we're told that you need to be scared and that the people are, you know, um, aggressive and they don't like us. No, totally different. So my Guyanese background did not help. However, you know, when I first moved to America, I had the dreads and I was young and I was talking my accent real strong and thing like that. Right. They would say, yo, you from Ghana? And I said, no, I'm not from Guyana. Man, I know what Ghana is. Ghana there in Africa, I think Guyana, South America. So they would be like, uh, so you're not from Ghana? No, I'm from Guyana. But when I came here, I learned that a lot of Guyanese lived here. They were taken from Elmina Castle, right, along the Gold Coast to and dropped off in the Caribbean. So it, it encouraged me to do my African ancestry. And I found out that our bloodline traces back to Anamabo, which is a town here in Ghana close to Cape Coast. So for years, I had been denying, you know, my motherland heritage. And then to only get here and find out that, no, your bloodline traces back to Ghana. And all them years, I'm like, nah, I'm not from Ghana, I'm from Guyana. We're on with you. Stop it. But yes, um, so that I did find out. Okay. And, and, and that, you know, that, that can be a uh, major just um, a help. And not being a hindrance, because I think that, you know, many Americans, because the majority don't have passports, unlike Canadians who travel all the time. Right. Um, that that can help you. And, and that's why you guys really need to tap in, tune in, follow this brother, follow the Instagram, because when you do come to Ghana, there's over 5000 black Americans just like you there. And sometimes it helps if you have, you know, we've seen people begging for money. I say that and because it, it, it bothers me when I see people begging for money, you know, 
while they're in Africa because you you put a black mark on the game. You you give it a black eye where you got to have somebody there and to assimilate. So now that you're there, have you been able to, you know, you've set up the business. Have you been able to buy land and is it freehold or is it, you know, lease? Like, how's that process been for you? Yeah. So, you know, actually, yes, I, I came here. One of the first things I did was acquire land. Now, I'm going to be honest, it is very tricky to buy land in Ghana. So you have to be careful and do your due diligence, right? Um, they're not as structured as the U.S., but there are ways if you take the proper precautionary measures, have your attorney do it, you check with Lance Commission, you can do it. So um, I definitely did um, acquire some land. One of the first things that I did was acquire some land with a structure on it, which is a resort that I'm actually making available to the, the diaspora African-American community through my travel club. I want to help other African-Americans come and experience Africa for what it is at an affordable rate. Right. So I um, bought this resort and it's a beachfront resort, 10 acres with an additional 19 acres to develop. And I've been here for three years now, since 2018. So I've seen those exact stories that you're talking about. People who come here, they come with 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, and they think, wow, it's going to be cheap to live in Africa. But no, it's a city just like Charlotte, just like Atlanta, you know, Ghana. So you're going to spend money. You're going to, you, there's a nightlife. You're going to go out, you're going to spend money. But you need to have money coming in. And most people cannot go to work for a Ghanaian salary, right? The average Ghanaian makes about 950 to 1,200 CDs a month. To put that in perspective, it's like $250 to, you know, $350 around thereabouts or so. So one of the things that I did, seeing all of these uh, challenges that people from the diaspora were facing coming out here, right? Before I left the U.S., I had my U.S. business set up. Right. And when I came here, I set up the same company here in Ghana. And what I realized is that technology allows you to do some wonderful things like work from a laptop. Right. And a four hour work week by by Timothy Ferris helped me to understand this, you know, this new nomadic way of living from the laptop. Right. And I wanted to give that back to people and help them understand it, which is why I bought this resort. So. The best thing to do if you come to Ghana is to buy land that already has a structure on it because somebody has went through the process and has um, checked and did all of the, the digging and see if anybody will come up and claim that land. Right. And so I wanted to make sure that I did that first. And then now we're making homes available that other African-Americans can come and either rent out timeshare or just visit at a week's time. But the land is sold on a, if you're not a local Ghanaian, you could only hold it for 50 years. If you're a Ghanaian, you get a lease for 99 years. Now, even though you get a 50 years of foreigner, that lease is renewable. And when those 50 years come, you renew it at a fraction of the cost that you paid, maybe 10%, right? Because typically the chiefs own the land here. So you would purchase the land from a chiefs or somebody in their family and then, you know, you make the payments to them, right? So with my property, I when I bought it, I think it was 45 years left on the lease. But once I renew it, I'm going to be able to get the, um, the 99 year because I just got married to a beautiful African woman last week, right? So I had on, nice. you know, my kente cloth. And, you know, 
she's one of the most beautiful women. Like they still understand the role of the man, the role of the woman. And I seen and I just had to, you know, tie the knot. So I'm going for my Ghanaian citizenship next. So I'll be able to own that land for 99 years. Now, this person that owned the land is holds it, has it freehold. So I could purchase the freehold from him. So there's a possibility to do all, but it just depends on that unique situation. If it's government owned land that they ended up getting from the chiefs, then no, you can't ever have that freehold. But also if you don't get your citizenship, you can't hold it for 99 years like a Ghanaian citizen can. Man, congratulations on that. Cause you know, every, you look at every successful man, once you get the woman on the side, it goes to the next level something about that the, the 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 black girl magic something about you know just women period it just takes you to another level because it gets you balanced and you're not maybe searching for what you might have been searching for at 11 59 you know That's at right. the bar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know you got it um and you're also not having to be at the clinic uh the next day at uh 10 o'clock talking about this but one night stand <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> I, I gotta say that for the young entrepreneurs who think i'm gonna get this money and live the wolf of wall street nah you saw how that ended man is it's not worth it take it slow so you're you're doing that um were you at all nervous i mean you have your business it's still running even in america now you're expanding how did you you know, breathe, take time to say, I'm going to be able to handle this business in America. You must have one heavens of a, a manager in America. And I'm sure you probably have one in Ghana too, that allows you to kind of just relax. Cause who wants to leave Babylon to be stressed that the hell out in hey, Ghana? Yeah. No, absolutely. So the business here in Ghana, I hired um, a local team, to run the business. And what I did is I licensed the brand and the technology to them so that they could develop the business. And then I just act as a consultant and then we do a revenue share. In the US, I have a US CEO that I hired that runs the company, but I also partnered with a company called ICC Health that uh, invested a substantial amount of money into the company um, for equity stake. And they do a managed service on the company. So they manage my contracts in the US, but they also receive the nurses that I hire here in Ghana that they work for my company. And because I have the, the same company in each uh, country, we do what's called the intra-company transfer. The US right now, 10,000 um, seniors retire every day, right? The baby boomer um, is what's happening. It's the boom. So because of that, we have so many um, elders that need home care services, right? Especially now with COVID and everything happening, they're moving elders and seniors out of long-term care facilities back to home because they found that people age in place much better. Um, so what we do is because there's a nursing crisis and there's a need for over 1.1 million nurses in the US right now, we hire the nurses, we train them here, they work for my company for one year, and then we transition them to the US and Canada to meet the demand of the um, nursing crisis. You and I are going to talk about that off air. What I want to talk about, because um, we have a, a healthcare business and, a, and branches, it it a totally bore the audience at this time. And I, I don't want to take any shine from your story because there's so much that you're, you're doing. Now, with everything that you are doing, though, um, and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back 
that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? So the community give back that we're actually doing now here in Ghana is for every trip that they take on the daycare platform, which is a medical ride share, right? So just think Uber and Lyft, but all of our providers are trained nurses. So they're sensitive to the needs of uh, these patients with medical conditions, right? As opposed to taking a taxi or Uber who the driver doesn't have a medical background. And then we also do on-demand home care. Because of COVID, a lot of people don't want to go to the hospitals and expose themselves to the risk of catching COVID. So we test our nurses for all communicable diseases, COVID-19 included, TB, hepatitis, HIV. And then we send them to the people's homes to take care of them. And then they meet with our doctors through our remote patient monitoring app, through our partnership with ICC Health. Um, So that's how, you know, we do that. And we bring that collaboration of the healthcare. But in the continent of Africa, the uh, maternal and infant mortality is really high because of access to care. So what we're doing here is we're donating medical supplies into the rural villages. We're helping build water wells, right? And we're taking a social, you know, stance in, in, in adding value in places that we can to help with those things. So for every trip or every service call that's taken on the daycare platform, the U.S. company donates $1. So if they take 25,000 trips here, we're going to give $25,000 to either one of the senior organizations that we work with or to uh, build some water wells in some of these different villages that need it. Um, and it feels good to be able to be making a difference, right? For my kids to say, wow, my dad was one of the first people to accept the call to come back home and he made a difference on the continent. And that's what it's about for me right now. Man, that's what it's about. Now, I know somebody, <laughs> young investors out there saying, well, this sounds like this is going to just, you know, blow up even more. Um, how can investors, whether they're, you know, qualified investors um, or maybe just the everyday uh, person, is there a way for them to invest or help you out or even downloading the app and saying, let's make this the new Amazon by downloading the app and see what it has that we can, you know, share some dollars with a black owned delivery company. Like give us the game on how we can help you. Yeah, no, absolutely. They can do that. But before I, I, I touch on that, I just want to preface it because when I left the U.S. after my battle with Amazon, I definitely did uh, sue Amazon for um, what we call unfair and unethical trade practices because they copied my business model. But when they did what they did, people were affected financially who had bought the membership the same way Amazon is selling the membership. And again, most of my people who invested were paid back and there were some that weren't because we just didn't have the money at the time, right? The people who were paid back were people who threatened me, I'm gonna kill you when I see you come into my home, seeing my kids with me, right? So some of those people, I, I didn't pay back. But when people Google me, this is the thing that I love about Africa and that, you know, rubs me the wrong way sometimes about America. Everything that you see on Google is not necessarily true, right? But sometimes people see that. So if people want to invest and they Google me and they see something, Take the time to ask, hey, explain this if you like what we're doing and you want to know, but don't just read it and take it as the gospel, right? So that has, and the reason why I'm touching on that because what we're doing is very impactful and I've came across several investors who wanted to, but then they would Google me and they would see some of that while doing their due diligence and investors should do that, right? 
There's no um, me saying that they shouldn't. But I don't try to delete none of that stuff on the internet because those things did happen. It's what got me here where I am. But it's only part of the story. It's not the whole story. Um, so that's what it is. But if investors want to collaborate, what I do is I license the daycare platform in every market, whether it's a city, a county, or a state. So if you want to open up your own healthcare business, providing home care service or medical transport, it's a multi-billion dollar industry, and it's only going to continue to grow as uh, the baby boomers continue to age out. So we license the technology in different markets, and it's your business in that city state that you license it in. And we provide you with all of the support. So what they could do if they want to help the business is buy a license if they want to get into business, and we do all the support. We manage the technology so you don't have to learn how to do any of the IT stuff. We provide the call center support that takes all of the calls so that all you have to do in your market is visit the home care agencies, whether it be via Zoom or in person because of COVID, and say, hey, my name is such and such, and I'm the CEO of Daycare Health and Transport Tennessee, Daycare Health and Transport Georgia. And we would like to provide not only medical transportation, but also on-demand home care to your residents should they need it. Um, but we provide all the support. So if investors would like to get into the healthcare space and meet the demand of this nursing crisis, that's one way they could do it. And our license fee range from $5,000 to $35,000, just depending on if you want the city, county, or the state. Oh, man, that's good game. And yeah, you guys don't believe everything you see on Google. I I, I feel you on that um, because, you know, I might people have asked me, it sound like you like Romello or I said more like Ken Ivy or Kenny Red. The 16 letter ain't dead. You know what I mean? It is yeah. what it is. But this is what I'm focused on right now. So just roll with me um, because the game is real. And what you have to do to get at this level, um, many people won't do. You know, sometimes you got to take the fall. Sometimes you got to brawl with the big boys to get where you need to get. And, um, you know, hopefully folks understand that. But because um, I haven't Googled you, you know, to that and, and, and looked up. So, uh, you know, whatever you guys do find on any of us, um, most of you say you're believers in something. What happened to grace? What happened to just asking? Because Google can definitely lie. And there are people, especially in politics, who will make a fake story on you. And that's very easy to do. I'm a PR guy. So I, I totally get that. Now, give Give the folks some 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 last words because I could go on and on, but I want to share some stuff for, you know, the African diaspora news when they get a chance to do this or even for our brother Dynasty Mir or Walter Maya when they come and check in on you and say, we got to, you know, Walter Maya, we got a brother here who came all the way, you know, we want to save some 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 game for them. But, you know, give them some lasting game business-wise and where they can connect with you if they have, you know, more questions or want to connect? Yeah, well, if, um, you know, you want to connect with us, you can hit us up at info at daycaretransport.com if you're interested in either helping with the medical transport by providing it in your city, state, or your county. Um, you can hit us at info at the Cape Beach Resort. That's T-H-E-C-A-P-E B-E-A-C-H, Resort. So info at the Cape Beach Resort. And the gem I want to share for the people in, you know, the diaspora is that, listen, what you've heard about Africa 
you can't believe all of it. You need to come and see for yourself. You don't have to stay, but make the first trip and experience it and then make your decisions based on your actual experience and what you see, what you touch, what you feel. One of the people that inspired me after I got here to keep, you know, doing what I'm doing in, 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 on the continent is Akon. Akon said something that I'm experiencing. It. Africa is the only place as an African-American that you can come start a business and create a Fortune 500 company within five years, right? Like they're asking people to take their company public here in Ghana, which is one of the things that I'm doing is taking it public. But the opportunities that Africa has afforded me I love what America has done for me. It's been a great experience, um, some good, some bad. However, the continent has given me the opportunity to partner with one of the biggest banks in Africa, to partner and provide healthcare services to some of the biggest hospitals. There's no way that I could go into Bank of America or Wells Fargo and meet with the CEO, but I've been able to sit down with the CEO of the biggest bank on the continent and sign a contract with them and partner with Visa. You know, and that thing does something for you emotionally and spiritually as a black man. Like, wow, they believe in me and what I could do. And that no amount of money could give you that value that what your people seeing the value in you gives you by giving you a shot. And that was huge to me. And I could never do that in America, but I've been able to do that here in Ghana. And that's what the content offers you. It gives you an opportunity to make a difference because you have knowledge and skill sets that they need here, but also you could build, you know, a, a, a great legacy for yourself and your family by making a difference while adding value. Man, the game is real. You guys have been blessed by it. And I want to make it clear just, and, and you can, you know, make this clear for the people they, okay, they can buy bungalows right now. Can you give them a range? How much money do they need to have down or do they need the whole thing? Um, give them the game real quick because somebody's right now excited to hear this, but they just want to make sure they hear it correctly before we end of, look, man, I, you know, they got 10000 on them. They got, maybe they got twenty. you know, maybe they got some PPP money and they're about to be on the lamb real quick. Um, Y'all need to stay home if, you, if you're about to be on the lamb, right? You need to stay. We don't want yeah. you. We don't want to do business with you. But how you know how much money do they need up front to get one of your your properties if they're look, thinking about relocating? Yeah. So at the Cape Beach Resort, we have eleven beach bungalows that we're selling right now, and they range from thirty thousand dollars up to seventy five thousand dollars, whether it's a studio or a two bedroom. Um, on the other nineteen acres, our architect will have the designs finished. And starting in January, we'll be selling one, two, and three-bedroom townhomes in the community that will range from $75,000 all the way up to $135,000, right? So that's what the community offers. No, they don't have to pay 100% of the money up front. Uh, we've partnered with a financial institution that will give them a mortgage there in the U.S. if they want to move out here. But all they need to put down is you know, $2,500 for our travel club partnership where they could buy a week to 10 days at the bungalows. And if they want to purchase one of the homes, they put down 20% of that and then we'll give them a mortgage and connect them with our funder so that they could pay uh, for their home over a period of time. And, and where can they find more about the travel club? Yeah, so they could go on info at the Cape um, or at the Cape on Instagram 
They can email us at info at thecapebeachresort.com and then we'll send them all of the information that they need. Um, and then we have a group um, that's working on the interactive website. We're from the U.S. You could pick out your plot where you want your property to be built because those existing 11 bungalows will be sold by the end of the month. We've already sold three of them and we only have the balance that's left. But on the website, they'll be able to pick that out. They'll be able to see the construction as it's happening. But they could also come and stay at the Cape and watch their home being constructed if that's what they like to do. So we'll make all of that available. But the website is thecapebeach.com and the fully functional one with all of those um, features that you could pick out your plot, pay for it. That will be up sometime in January. But right now, there's a website that they can go to and it's just a, a standard one right now. Okay, and if they pay, you know, the $2,500 um, to be, you know, in the club um, and then they put down the deposit monthly, how much um, and also the interest rate, because, you know, in Africa, that interest rate is boom, sky high. But you partner with an American bank that I, I'm just again that. If they are they giving you an American interest rate of you know three uh, percent or less if you got that great eight hundred credit, um, how is that you know working out? What's the yes, interest sir. rate on that? So the interest rate in Africa is extremely high. So again, we use a funding institution in the U.S. that gives you a rate based on your credit, but we also help you um, rebuild your credit position if you have bad credit, um, but. You know, we're not getting people any asinine rates, so we want to position them to be successful. So we work with an organization that what they want to do is empower people and increase their financial literacy, but position them for home ownership. Um, so no, the, the funding comes from the U.S. The interest rates are low. If you have good credit, excellent. You'll get a really low rate. But even if you have bad credit, we help you um, rebuild your credit before getting the funding and, you know, they can get a, a nice rate right there. I don't want to hold you to this, but if you can give the audience, you know, let's say they want the the, the two bedroom uh, bungalow, they put, you know, the initial monies down. Just walk us through. You pay the twenty five, then you pay um, what for the down payment, and then what will your monthly payment be for how long? Just for those who, you know, are stuck in the mustard trying to catch up. I'm trying to dummy proof this thing before they try to call you and say, "I got twenty five hundred," and thinking that it's about to be done, and, and they they're, they're the biggest problem you've ever dealt with yeah so it's going to depend on how many months they want to pay off the mortgage over right so we're going mm -hmm. up to five years right because again these are affordable homes they're anywhere from thirty thousand up to one hundred and thirty-five thousand. so each person's financial situation is going to be different but if they say hey i want to pay it off in three years that's going to determine the rate that they pay if they want a five-year plan that's going to determine what they they pay but if they put down twenty five hundred they can pay anything you know hypothetically from like $750 to $1,000, right? But also they could rent out the, the unit, right? So once the home is built, if they get one of the 11 existing bungalows uh, before we sell out with that, they could rent it out and then we just charge a property management fee for managing. So though we own the resort, we're giving people the opportunity to own a property on the beachfront that you could set, um, rent out. Because if we have Say we have 200 homes and we have 200 people educating other people. Yo, come see Africa. And I only live there part time, but you can rent out my bungalow. Right. Or you can rent out my home. Then we have more people educating people and saying, hey, I went there. 
So that's what we're doing. It's our property, but we're giving you the ability to own your piece of paradise and rent that out and Airbnb it, whatever you want to do, but it's going to start generating and making you money. And again, it started from 30,000 up to 135,000. Y'all, the game is real. We're going to take probably the best conversation off air just because I don't want to give you a game overload, start melting your computers, melting down your brains. And I want you to go check out the links in the description. I know the most of you are listening. Go check that out when you're done working or whatever you're doing, driving in that truck, driving in that car. Man, you've gotten the game thus far. Make sure you share this with somebody. It will change their life. Be blessed. Are you tired of the rat race in America? Are you ready to visit the motherland to relax and rejuvenate? Are you ready to explore all that Africa has to offer? Then check out the brand new Diversified Game Academy course, Prepare for My First Trip to Africa. Are you worried about being able to afford the trip? We got you. We will show you how to travel either on a budget or as a baller. Learn how to stress the value of the USD. Did you know that 100 United States dollars is worth over 1,000 South African rand or 10,000 Kenyan shillings or 54,250 West African CFA? Are you worried about taking your kids? Get the game from Kellen Cash, a bona fide world traveler, having traveled to almost 20 countries, several of those in Africa. Get the game on taking your kids on their first trips. Learn how to find the best tickets, get the visas, and plan your own adventures in Africa. Don't let Eddie Murphy have all the fun. Plan your own coming to Africa trip starring you, produced by you, and featuring you. If you are ready for a life-changing experience, sign up for our course today, Diversified Game Academy. Get prepared and purchase at diversifiedgame.com. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.